Well, Nelson, welcome to the podcast, man. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, you know, you've been on quite the tear here lately. It's been the last six, eight months. It's been pretty good for you, hasn't it? Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's been, uh, there was a little dry spell in there. It ain't been a great winter for us, honestly. Uh, it's been kind of up and down, but we're here. So I think that's the funny thing about rodeo. There's like I feel like there's a few guys here and there that have, and like a big win makes a, a you know, like your healer. He he won the U.S. Open, so you, he'd probably say, "Oh, I had a really really good winner." But it's easy to have a dry spell or like clipping along in the winter is odd because there's there's a lot of jackpot going on here in Stephenville. Tons of I mean it's like every week there's a couple right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but rodeo on it's. It's so spread out, and then this year with Houston not going, it's like, I mean, you could make your whole winner, like three or four teams have a really good chance at making the finals just because of what Houston can bring, and so mm-hmm. there, there's that aspect missing, and, you know, it could make it where it goes pretty slow as well, but. So, I want to talk head ropes first. I, I've, been, I've been working on this because, I, dude, I'll, I'll, going back to the first year I've ever seen you head, I've never had this happen before ever. Um, literally, I was just Livingston, Montana. It's a big slack over there, so it's usually they run half enough. Ever, it's all day deal. It seems like, but uh, I I go in the first few teams, and then I'm just in the grandstands watching after that. And you turn a steer, and I'm at I'm at the bottom end of the arena at the grandstands, and your head rope hits, and I'm like, I, I literally, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like and ever since then you've always had my eye because it was it was a ridiculous good spin but like the, sometimes when the head ropes go on and they're really really loud but you're a guy that I feel like you do that all the time so I, I mean as a header I just wanted to start talking head ropes with you you're a classic man now right I am yes sir so let's talk about it. you like stiffer head ropes or like softer head ropes what do you go with yeah you know, ever since then, I've kind of changed my style a little bit. I, I feel like, you know, trying to work on this and that. Um, I used to use, like, a a pretty light rope, um, and I would kind of get it get it going, like a faster swing, which I've always kind of threw it harder probably than most people. Um, but uh, just kind of working on, like, that horse would kind of <clears throat> spot them out where I could get my swings going and, uh, and, uh, like throw from a spot where now I've kind of got to where I think I'll ride kind of through that spot a little more but still probably throw it just as hard so stiff head ropes um, I'm starting to use them a little bigger um, just trying to work on a few different things and uh, get it to where I can probably you know get my catch percentage up right are you a medium soft or just a soft guy um been a medium soft guy probably my whole life until uh, the last few months um, that swapping more of trying to catch more, I've had more ropes kind of pop off and come off more, I guess, probably cause I'm on the, <clears throat> on the gain a little more, but trying to soften up a little bit. Um, you know, they're still probably, I wouldn't say they're too soft, but. Right. Well, to me, like uh, a medium soft, I, I just started heading with them again. I hadn't headed with them for a couple of years and I've been using extra softs all the time, but. When I really go to reach, um, it just seems like the medium sauce, and that's what I want to work on more is my longer game, which I think you're 
great at. But the stiffer the rope is, the, it's just easier to keep it open. I don't feel like I got to be quite as precise. And my swing, like, I want to be quick with my swing, but they stay so open. We're like an extra soft. You can just get it up and get it going fast. And so, like, to me, the difference is if I'm running close, like a, kind of that coil shot on the way in, extra softs feel great. Exactly. Um, you can, like, adjust them, and, you know, they, they're pretty easy to, to head with compared to, like a medium soft, like small horn steers, if you're a little off with maybe a little extra rope or just whatever, they'll, they'll pop off sometimes. Mm. So I've, yeah, I've ordered a bunch of power line softs and that's kind of what I've been going with because I feel like it's right in the middle of those two. But I've also got five or six softs or medium softs just, I, and I, I'm trying to talk myself into heading with them at the yeah. jackpots, but. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a running joke whenever I started heading. I was trying to hit with, you know, extra softs because that's in kind of softer ropes. And then I found somebody had a medium soft one day and I swung it. And I, when I first started hitting, my loops weren't very good. I'd hit the right horn and get the girl curl and and a medium soft. If you, I always say if you hit the right horn, you're going to get the left. Yeah. they. That was the first thing I, I, I was like. With the first head loop, I threw it. It just it goes on. And it's there might be some times where it's like, they're out there but when they go on they just whap mm -hmm. and I'm like oh I get it like that's uh, but I, I I don't know I, there's that real fine line because like you're saying when you're when you're heading it's a lot of guys like as they come into it how, how long have you been rodeoing professionally now 17 was my rookie year 17 is your rookie year mm -hmm. so this is going into your fourth year mm -hmm. right um, so in that time frame like Let's just well, let's just start back. That did did you start out healing? I healed my whole life up until uh, I started trying to work on my head in probably about two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen started yeah. heading, but like you made the college finals healing. Right? Healing, I did, yes, sir. Yep. And uh, where are you from again? I'm from Alabama, Clanton, Alabama. Okay, so back east. So like to me, there's it's funny because it's like there's different areas kind of make for different type of roping like back east are the arenas do you think they're a little bit more narrow or what do the arenas and like the rodeos and the jackpots feel like compared to yeah. like the you know there'll be some bigger arenas to jackpot in not maybe not as big as it is um out here and some places but you know jackpot and the arenas don't get too tight at the amateur rodeos there there'll be a lot of setup arenas though and they'll be pretty small um narrow not too long so Starts aren't as long, you know, the barriers at the amateur, or the boxes at the amateur radios we went to were like, uh, <clears throat> they weren't 16 feet boxes at most of them. So whenever I started coming out here per radio and it was a little different feel going from that. Um, right, well, yeah, cause that's what, I mean, the, like to me, I'm really comfortable. I, I've rodeoed the most back west starting out. So mm -hmm. it's like deeper boxes, a lot of 18 foot boxes, which right. is like more riding. Yep. And then you got a lot of momentum when you get out there. So I, I'm kind of used to that. And where I don't like or don't feel comfortable is the short boxes because you can almost pick your, no, you can pick your rope up as you're nodding and as you kind of like ride, you, you can have a swing going. Mm -hmm. And that's like, is that kind of where you got started? Like, cause I mean, when you, like we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but I, I don't know what you think, but healers, they break their rope over so well compared to like, a, if someone goes from healing to heading, mm -hmm. it's already like up and above the horns and ready to reach. Is that what you kind of felt like when you were starting out? Yeah. When I started out, I, I definitely was more so, uh, 
I could go fast way easier than I could catch. Like if I just needed to go catch, it was it wasn't a uh, you know a very snappy go catch. It was either too long or uh, or I, I would miss. Right, and um, is that like so? Seventeen was the first. I, I mean, I think that was the first year you come <clears> out there. What was the biggest change or the biggest difference like you noticed with your heading was like what did it feel like when you first come out here and start rodeoing? Well, I, when I came out in seventeen, I uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of, of expectations. I would say because um, I didn't know what it was going to be like and uh i would I, my goal was to win the rookie of the year that year and uh i left trace porter he called me in uh that spring and asked me if i wanted to enter reno and go through the summer and i'm like yeah i'd love to you know i don't don't have a lot of money but if we can go out there and and win i'll stay as long as i have money and uh we uh radioed over the fourth and had a decent fourth that year and uh won a little bit enough just enough to keep going and uh like i said it was crazy if if you'd have told me that i would have ended up rodeoing all year i've just been like man i i was so far out of the picture for me to to realize and and uh understand that I, that could happen for me right so when you're coming out there your your run is like what kind of header did you feel like you were when you were first starting? We, let's talk. Man, thinking back, I mean, I, I, I definitely didn't catch enough. Um, I felt like if I did catch them, it was probably going to be fast enough. Um, kind of more of a, a go fast guy, especially then. Um, but my catch percentage was terrible. I mean, I'm, I did not turn near enough steers. Still don't today but definitely didn't end right well that's what's interesting about the rodeos right is it's like livingston for example there's a hundred teams going really fast Mm -hmm. and uh every team is just going at them so if you connect you don't want to make this medium like speed run or you know like a even a long four you don't want to be when i say medium speed you don't want to be long four like yeah it's like you don't really want to blow the bear out throw the coil on the way in and your healer go the second jump on the medium plus steer like you kind of you're you've got to be going at them about as hard as you can yeah. and then what that does is usually you win top four or five checks right and well you can go wide open and still not win top five checks I think nowadays yep you know I mean it's so fast that you can make the best run you've made all year and you might win seven and that's just because there's so many teams like you said it it just Livingston for example that many teams it's one header everybody knows showing up at Livingston hey I have to be fast four if I want to win decent money right and there's going to be enough teams that are going to catch well, and man, so what I want to know is, you you know, you're going from amateur rodeo on short boxes in little arenas. that you talk, They're building arenas probably like in front of a track or something mm-hmm. like a grandstand, right? Yeah, that that's is. right. So, I mean, it's probably two under, one under move in the box, right? Which is, I like to me, that's anywhere from horn wrap to point around the end of the gate. Um, 
something along those lines. Is that is that what you kind of see? I guess on is it, it a lot of two under one under starts at the amateurs? Or they yeah, get it? it'll be uh, it'll be two under. You know, East Road Big Mexicans over there, and and uh, the boxes were it it might be short, but the boxes were so dead, um, just a dead feel. Like you say, you could sit there and get a swing off and not have to ride anywhere. Right. Just as soon as you got in the arena, you're you need to be throwing. And and so it's the same thing. It's fast. Like back east, that's the one thing. Guys go at them mm-hmm. like that. It's typical of amateur rodeos. I'm sure get real fast. Well, then you go to Livingston, and it's a sixteen and a half foot box probably, and the start is two over, so it's gonna be four foot longer than two under, mm-hmm. and and the box is a foot probably longer what did that feel like to you coming out here seeing basically four foot more start it's uh it was definitely a you know an eye-opener as to far as how fast you could be going out into the arena um you know it's not so much which i mean i guess now people can throw from the box but um you know you can run them out in the arena and set them up for your healer and you can still be fast enough as you know as long as you don't run them too far but um you don't have to throw in the box to be four uh with that with the barrier being that long you know you can ride your horse a little bit kind of put them on a tight rope and get a good finish and you can still be fast enough right so that how long did it take you to start figuring that out was that something you you kind of took to right away or no uh still trying to figure it out i it's funny now because i feel stronger in myself now if I do have to run them out there a little bit like if I like the other day I was in Corpus and it's four foot under and you can get a swing off right there and throw in the box well I haven't practiced that in so long like I've been working on the years riding my horse trying to get better at jackpot and go out in the arena a little more and when it was four foot under I was not ready I tried to get a swing off when I nodded I hit the panel when I threw I'm like man this used to be what I was good at and even this winter I've struggled um trying to trying to go fast um in the buildings it, it hasn't went good right so let's i mean what does that do to you like let's say that mentally <clears throat> when you have something like that that you've been working on your weaknesses trying to make them strengths and now your horses are feeling comfortable for that and, and you're riding well what what's the plan for trying to manage that like hey i, I want to get back to where i'm comfortable or knowing which because which if you call on going fast i guess with my question what i'm saying you've got to decide very quickly on how you're going to make that run more than likely before you nod your head like mm-hmm. you know, i'm swinging it from right here as i'm nodding or i'm gonna ride and use my horse how are you gonna how do you try to work on that or knowing which one to call on at these rodeos now i think you know or you know fairly have an idea going in when you um when they tell you what the barrier is or you know you can even if you watch a few teams you can about have an idea what the radio is going to be like um what what should win something what's a good run and then you kind of or for me i kind of make a plan from that knowing just the barrier right and and I think that's it, is you just got this comfort zone, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. Is I, I know you could kind of do it like that, and then if the rodeo's times are, like if you're at San Angelo or somewhere like that where it's going to be fast, or, or like the WCRA the other day, you know it's going to be fast. Mm-hmm. So that's the run you're going to go with. 
and there's times where I, I don't know, like it might not be as tough. Like the steers might be a little bit stronger, whatever it is. And then that's when, okay, I'll just, you're going to try to try to use both types of runs or, mm. you, you know, use the other one, I guess. That's right. Yeah. You just, uh, you know, whenever you get in that situation, that's, that's when you decide, I think what, that's all about winning, whatever, right. whatever you have to do to win. So if, if you just have to go catch like, uh, Driggers, last guy out over there in a three-man if he catches the steer he wins so yeah. you know that he was just three six to run before and all he had to be was a catch to win and he did both you know that's just part of winning yeah you kind of all you got to do is what it takes to win exactly there's just a lot of times where it goes really really fast but you got to have enough control to to if they say hey all you have to do is catch one clean for what to pay 12.5 over there mm-hmm. he's going to do that every time and mm-hmm. and that's basically that's the level of professional headers that are the elite guys when they're, they're I, I guess i'd say like they don't leave money in the arena right exactly like they know like hey if they're high call they got to catch or if they're high call and they got to take risk mm-hmm. they, they can do both so they're just a hard hard guy to beat really exactly so you, that that rookie year 2017 Started at Reno. Was that your first one, Reno? Well, I had circuited that, that winter. I, I wrote with Brad Culpepper, and I had probably, I think I had 12,001 whenever I left to go that summer. Okay, so you'd had a good mm-hmm. a good winter, really. Like, everything went pretty well going up into Reno. Mm-hmm. Reno's a big, I feel like it's a big shock getting there. What did what was that like getting to, was that your first real, real big rodeo, outdoor rodeo that's, yeah. It's just a different environment, right? Yeah, that was the first one. And still, I mean, I still, whenever I get to Reno today, I feel that feeling that I felt when I got there the first year. I'm like, man, this is this is a rodeo. You know, this is like nothing I've ever been to. Yeah. All right, so do you ever get nervous or do you, I mean, that's a, it, it's a, it's a weird situation because you've won. And you've got a, a pretty fair amount going into to Reno. So the expectations or the summer can go any way you want it to, really. Mm-hmm. I know you said, like, wanted to win Rookie of the Year, but a lot of times thirty to 50000 is what wins Rookie of the Year, and that's really close to making the finals, right? So your mind going into that, do you, do you believe? Are you confident? What, what does it feel like going into Reno? Mm, I wasn't uh, – I, I was pretty nervous. Um, wasn't wasn't very confident, like I said, in, in what I was doing because I didn't know how my game was going to work out here compared to back home. Um, so I, I was pretty nervous. And then, you know, fortunately enough, it didn't take us – we won something at a few radios in. Kind of helped a little bit, but that that summer was pretty rough on my confidence, you know, going and you don't get to practice. kind of have to work through what you're doing on the road. On the most of it on the dummy, you know, we didn't know anybody. Right. Me and Trace hadn't been out there before, um, so it was definitely a uh, it was a, a new experience. So, when your confidence, like, what's the lowest point you felt like it got to, or what was the hardest part of that summer? Oh, even still today, I think about quitting. <laughs> I mean, you uh, just like you say, roping up Striggers and and Clay Smith, Clay Tryon, all them guys, man. 
you because you want to win as bad as anybody and especially being here in Stephenville you go all the time and and you don't win yeah. near as much as you want to and uh you know being mentally strong is something easy to say but very hard to do I feel like or it definitely is for me um I feel like I fight my head a pretty good bit I mean I I think that's it's logical because me I all I do is fight my head really or you just try to be able to you got to shut it off or whatever it is when you're, I'm not good enough. So you get a lot of that, right? And then on top of it, your heading is really aggressive. So do you have streaks where you miss a few in a row? What do, you, do you go back to something or do you just stay with it? Man, I, I try to uh, work through it on the dummy most of the time, honestly. Um, but like you say, you know, even if you've missed, if you miss something, you show up at Livingston, Montana, you still got to be four to win something. You know, you can't back off much. You kind of got to stay with it. And then it, it always seems like when you catch that one and you win something, that's like you forget all about the all about the ones you've missed and you're right back on top. It's a cure-all. It is. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah that, I'm, I'm through all that. I'm, I'm on a heater now. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm back. Yeah, it, but the one thing about it that I think is so good, too, is when you do connect and you're – can go as fast as you can you're not winning a small check you're winning a check that's probably two to five thousand mm-hmm. and that really helps you i mean two to four or five thousand bucks that's it gets you through the next couple of weeks for sure I, I would think you know a lot of the times it gets you so really when you think of it you buy yourself six eight more rodeos yeah, right. and, and you connect again it's like that's that's probably one of the ways you got through the summer right yeah uh, that summer I'll, I'll never forget i left home with like Twenty three or twenty four hundred dollars, you know, had no idea how far that would get me, and uh, I remember after the fourth call, my mom and I was like, "Hey, I've got some money coming in, but I don't have it." I said, "Can I put my fees for the fourth on your credit card?" Because I didn't have a credit card, and uh, I said, I, "I have the money. I just don't don't get it till after the radios." I said, "This is gonna cost me. I can't, you know." hundred dollars radio I don't know how much it would have cost me over the fourth but it was a lot right and uh, she was like yeah yeah so put it on our card I think we might have won seven or eight thousand that year over the fourth um so then like you say it bought me a little more time stayed out there a little longer and that was the first year they had Salt Lake too yeah for the PRCA yep and uh the that year the rookies whoever was leading the rookie got in to Salt Lake and uh, we were, uh, it was Casper. I remember being at Casper and hadn't won anything for, I don't, I mean, for a while, a few I mean, weeks. It's, a, it's like the 17th of July when it starts. Yeah. And so July 4th run probably starts right. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I'm the last perf over there um, talking to my mom again. I'm out of money. I've spent all her money <laughs> and hadn't paid her back yet. Right. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm in Salt Lake in a couple of weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to go to that one. I said, if you win that one, you make the NFR. I have to go. And uh, I remember she was she was nervous about it. And uh, me and Trace, we caught, I thought we were 5-2. Um, first year we caught in weeks. I mean, yeah, made the short round. We were 12th callback. And uh, 
everybody I remember talking to some guys like hey you know that short round kind of usually falls apart just go catch make a run you'll win something I'm like all right so we go maybe five three or five two or about almost the same time and when the short round when the rodeo I'm like man just like you say bought myself some more time right and uh went on and did I think I won I won third at Salt Lake that year so bought some more like you say I mean just just feels like you're buying time yeah and uh got to radio all through the northwest actually going in the northwest I think at one time I was like 16th that year and had no expectation at no expectations when I left the house you know just I remember people asking me are you gonna you gonna go to Cheyenne I'm like man if I if I go to Cheyenne I've I've done good yeah I've it's 2500 bucks. went yeah. a long ways. Yeah. All right. So is that at that time at Salt Lake, that's got to be one of the biggest years going in that short round. I mean, short rounds are different too. And I was last team. Last team out. Short round. Uh, they're, they're just different because you're driving over there and you've already experienced the rodeo. But so you kind of got an idea of what to do. And then there's this weird kind of pressure on the situation because well a you're out of money and borrowed mom's money too so this had i mean got to be one of the hardest pressure situations of your head and up to that point right uh well when i maybe casper casper was there with no no money and honestly thinking back like it you know having it almost feels like i'm at my best when i i have no money because i'm like you know I don't have nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose. Right. Um, you know, I've, uh, grew up roping like that my whole life of, you got to win to keep going. And I always want to keep going. So it, it seems like when I'm in that spot, I, I have to dig down a little deeper. It feels like maybe. And that, is that something you've just been, has that always been there or did it just keep like, did it keep reassuring itself as you were getting those wins in? Cause it's, it's like a, your back's against the wall Saturday night last perv gotta win something to keep going a lot of those runs is that something that happened early on or was it just kind of developing right around that same time it's probably been developing I would say um you know probably my whole whole career I would say um just building off those little you know those moments like that to me you can think back and remember I remember so many times like that to where, like, hey, you got to win or you're going home. Um, and those, you know, moments like that stick with you longer than having more money than you can think of and going to rodeo. Like, if you make it through moments like that, you know, hey, I can do it. Well, and, and I think you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the the harder it is and you make it through, the harder it's going to be to beat that guy. Because it's just like now, you're here, Stephenville, grinding it out. Every year, every six months, your heading is that much better, that much better. I mean, how old are you now? I'll be 28 in July. 28 in July. I mean, coming off a, a great year, great NFR, but that's that's what's so like unique is you don't really seem phased, you know, by, by pressure or big moments. Um, just from what I've watched and what you see and it's got to be a lot of that starving you know start heading steers while you're starving or rodeoing while you're starving 
I mean, do you think that's been a huge, like, would, would you trade that? Would you trade being able to have someone pay your fees and go and have all kinds of horses early on? Or would you rather do it like you've done now? You know, uh, when I was in the middle of it, I probably would have wished, wished it could have been the other way around. But now looking back, you know, I was, from where I started to even to where I am now, which isn't halfway to where I want to be, um, you know, all those, um, all those growing steps, you know, just grinding, like you say, working into it, you know, I think that's, that's helped me even, you know, outside of the arena, being a person, um, and no, to your question, I, I probably wouldn't trade it. Right. No, no, at the time, it's probably an easy, I, I would, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll take those. Yeah, I mean, keys. if you'd ask me in the moment, like, hey, you know, here's a whole bunch of money, whatever horse you want, go get it. You know, here it is. You want this or you want to, you want to do it the hard way? Well, I want to do it the easy way. Yeah. Well, and it makes it fun because it's like, you, you get to reflect like how, how special was that steer? How special was that run on that steer? Mm. You know, you look back like, man, that was, I don't know if, if God has a plan for me, but it was like, this is me just having faith, staying with it. This is kind of like it starts putting it together. And just like you said, you, you get to go the whole year. What, was it the same year? Uh, did you win Rookie of the Year that year? Mm-hmm. One Rookie of the Year. And you had a top 20 finish, right? You were like 17th or 18th? Or? Well, no, I, I think I was probably, I think I was 22nd that year. 22nd? Yeah. So within three or four steers making the finals. Mm-hmm. Three or four rodeos. You probably could list them off oh, yeah, off I the can. top of your head, yeah. Mm. And and so you got that. You have probably more money in your bank account, which I don't know what the situation is at the end of the summer because it can be so hard. Well, you know? it was more than twenty five hundred when I got home. So yeah, yeah. Which I mean, you don't start out. And with I paid much. my mom back. So mom, mom's paid back. You're ready to go. So what's the plan going into the next year? I mean, you, you feel you feel like you can make it at this point. So there's that. Is that the pressure and the expectations like hey I'm making the finals this next yeah. year yeah so um I bought a horse that winter that I thought would be good for the buildings the first first year that I got to go to San Antonio and like Houston and all that and uh we did good at the right spots I would say we had 30,000 when we got to Reno um just like you say expectations are high you know, pressure's kind of not really any pressure actually at that point because you're thinking, hey, or I'm thinking thirty thousand Reno. I'm like, yeah. I just radioed last summer. I know how it's gonna be. I'm gonna be better. Terrible. It was so terrible. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't catch. We couldn't win, and it was bad. I mean, like, we got to Reno with thirty thousand, and I ended the year with. 50,000 that year right and I won eight of it at San Juan wow so that's how bad it was 12,000 yes, basically all, all summer. summer and then that was that was one of the low times for me um get back that that fall and you're just you're you're upset with yourself you're like man uh all I had to do was do my job I had a good head start just had to keep clicking along and I, I couldn't do it. How do you look at that 
like a, you're evaluating your life pretty heavily at this point, right? Oh, as yeah. soon as you're done. How do you keep going? Because a lot of guys quit right there. Well, um, Rich called me that fall and uh, asked me if I wanted to rip. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to rip. So go to Lano, start roping. Uh, I think it was... Uh, you and Trace rodeoed the next year, right? We rodeoed in 17 and 18. Yep, 17 18. So now... So this is, the, this is going into 19. Going into 19. That's a good call. Rich, you get one of the greatest healers of all time calling. Yeah, so it's like almost you're like lifted back up like, okay, maybe maybe you see something and you, you know yeah. you can go... So uh, we wrote, made it to February. He cut me. Right. Ooh, that was another pretty rough time, you know, like maybe. Then you really start questioning yourself, you know, you made it to made it to February with eight-time world champ. It's not very long. It's not very long at all. And uh, so I'm like, man, what do I do? I was, at that point, I was like, man, I'm probably going home. Right. Probably just going to go home. It was fun. Tried it. Yeah, I tried it. Said I tried it. Yeah. Um, then Levi called me. And I was like, even when he called me, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to go. Um, we can go this spring. So it was like right before Corpus and, and uh, you know, some amateur radio, some spring stuff. I was like, I'll tell you, I can, I'll tell you I'll go this spring. So I'll do that. And then I don't know what, what I'm going to do after that. So me and him go, and we placed it like the first five. He knows amateur radios too. Yeah, you guys, you're going everywhere. Well, you got Levi, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, I like to anyway. I like to go. Yeah. And, but he's putting us down everywhere. And I'm like, we start winning along, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is this is fun again. This feels good. Let's, let's try it out. Let's just go radio. So we did... And, uh, you know, here we are today, still repping with him. And All right. So I, I'm curious because you start to rep with Rich. Did you, I mean, obviously you didn't probably turn him like you wanted to, right? No, yeah. no, I didn't. I, my horses were less than average. Um, and I did not, I didn't do a very good job at all. Right. So you're just constantly trying to make the changes get better horses ride better learn because this is a different run that you're you're trying to make is there's a lot of setups that really fit you good and then there's a handful that probably don't like like you said you have good winners you mm-hmm. know and, and i think yeah i mean obviously you've got so much range with your rope that it's and you made some of the wildest runs <laughs> i've ever seen man like uh, i mean I, I know i talked about it on the podcast but the run from uh cody i mean that's probably top five run I've seen of all time you know that that and just going to that rodeo ton but like going back to this as a as a header and or just as someone that's competing because this is what I find interesting you know you wrote you start rubbing with Levi he hadn't made the finals but this Levi he's a grinder mm-hmm. he's gonna be at all the amateur rodeos all the jackpots I'm sure you hadn't been healing a ton I don't know what your healing career had been like but I feel like it's getting kicked back off with them slides and he's going to be yeah. heading for you and like whatever rope that you guys can enter. And yeah. you know, you're, I think that's, it's kind of fun, but what does that feel like going from a, 
because it's an odd transition. You got a, a, a great veteran healer, a really experienced guy. He knows how to make money to a guy that he's just grinding it out every day. So when you say rejuvenated, what about believing you guys could go this far? Like when you guys decide like, hey, we, you know, we can, we need to have our names down everywhere. Was there a stage there or was that just always the expectations from the beginning? No, I mean, um, I guess at that point where I was at, I was very unsure of myself and, and what I could do. Um, and then, you know, I honestly, when we started raping, I hadn't even seen him rape all that much, just a little bit. Cause I was, hadn't been around Stephenville a whole much at, at that time. And, uh, you know, I guess always the goal is to make the make the finals, but I looking back where I was at then, it doesn't seem like I could uh, wrap my head around doing it. If that makes sense, like it just seemed like so so distant, so far off. Yeah, it's like a, it's at the top of the mountain, and you can't even see the mountain. Yep. You're not even to the base of the mountain yet. Yeah. So that that's interesting to me because when you're you're that far off. It, it, are you confident now? Do you think you're, like, do you? How do you feel about yourself and your heading now? Do you do you like? Are you a confident person? Are you? Do you struggle with that, like believing now, or how do you feel about it? Well, it's funny, Jake. He, Jake Cooper, he laughs at me all the time. Says I'm the most confident person he he knows. Okay. But I don't ever feel that way, if that makes sense. Uh, I feel like I fight my head as much or more than anybody. Um, Honestly, this year I thought like, hey, I uh, come off come off the finals. I'm like you know, I'm gonna get this confidence thing figured out. You know, right. no more bad days. But in reality, that actually might have made it a little harder because now expectations are even more high. Um, and and you expect so much out of yourself and where you should be that it's actually even. A harder, harder thing to uh, uh, conquer for me now, probably. So, do you like now? So, I'm wondering if this is like, do you evaluate yourself like, uh, like, hey, am I, do you still think oh, I'm not good enough? Or, oh, yeah. And what? When do you decide that? Like, when you're heading at the ropes, or it's not going good, or like, because that, because it's not. I don't think anyone thinks they're good enough. They just have, they want to get better, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's like the times where like, okay, do I need to make drastic changes so that I can continue to do this for a living? And within the last year or so, it's it's been pretty, pretty damn good. But uh, I'm just thinking mentally how when it's low, like let's say right now, what's what's been the, the hardest experience here in the last six, eight months? I guess all winter, you know, flying around, you'll fly here or fly there. Just our drive forever. It seems like in the winter, it's so hard because you go so this long ways and run one, right. and then head back, and then on the way back and you miss. You're just like that's when it's probably the worst for me is the long drives after, and then you're evaluating and you're thinking like, this is what I got to do better. I have to do this better, and then you go. Again, long ways away, run one cow. You don't do that better. You're headed back. Same cycle. 
Right. And it's just beating your head on a rock. Oh, man. I mean, I probably get as mad at myself as, as anybody. Right. And I don't like to mess up. I, I feel like if I go and I do my job and my partner doesn't do his job, we don't win. I'm, I'm just as happy as, as winning first. Maybe not as happy as when I first, but I'm not. I'm happy that I want to go do my job. It's a it's a win essentially. Yes. Like yeah, do your job. Yep. And I think it's really a, a process, right? Oh yeah. So as you get here, and you know, you say you work on your head, and a lot of it, like you do on the ground. If you like, if you feel something, maybe like a little awkward in your swing or whatever, you just get on the ground, work on it. Like especially during the summer, if you can't run a lot of steers. But getting here to Stephenville, obviously there's a extremely high amount of talented headers, and there's a lot of guys that will give advice or help or whatever it is. So was there a point in time when you started working with someone that kind of helped you evolve your heading and, and keep getting better, like no, like help or essentially help you address what you needed to work on or improve on? I uh, I, I try to watch a lot of people. And and watch what they do good, you know, and, and then I want to, if I have questions, I'll ask. Um, but a lot of the guys out here won't really step on your toes. Like, if you don't ask, they won't really, I don't think they're just harboring their information. But, you know, they don't want to just jump on you like, hey, you're supposed to be doing this or this. But if you ask, you know, I've never not asked somebody a question and them not give me a real answer. Right. You know? Right. So you just kind of watch guys. If you feel something or see something that someone's doing, that's when you just start picking up on those little things and just essentially studying it and watching yourself. Like, okay, this is what I feel like I need to add. And mm-hmm. I got you. I, I think that's as, as solid of a way because then you always know what you need. But mm-hmm. it, do you think it's really important that you got to like self evaluate? But realistically self-evaluate how do you try to do that without like let's say you're wanting to work on using your horse more right like that's what you want and increase some consistency Mm -hmm. so how do you go about that in your practice and like evaluating yourself without taking away from your confidence of what you do but still being not being oblivious and, and ignoring the problem how do you find that i mean for me, I think you can go compete in this where it it shows it stands out. You know, you can go to the jackpot, and that's where you put all your work to the test, or you know, or radio, you know, competition, obviously. And uh, you know, you can go. I just like this winter. I've I've wanted to go get better at my jackpot. Let's go to all the jackpots, and let's get better. And it jackpot out here will make you hit your head against the wall because all the guys do it so good and it it's hard <laughs> it's hard to do right um but it's uh you know you have to score good and you, most of the jackpots out here are pretty fast you know i don't jackpot in seaville i think is a lot different than jackpotting a lot of a lot of places because everybody usually shows up you have to go beat the top 20 guys in the world nearly everywhere you go. And that's back to the confidence still. It's hard to not get down on yourself. Like, 
evaluate what what happened and what you did, but then you can't beat yourself up about it. You just you gotta get better. Go back to doing your job and but don't dwell, I guess would be the word. Right. And and essentially like like you said earlier, like learning how to win, because this is what I see with a lot of the jackpots now. And I think you're one of the guys that's a real good example. Like like you, Tyler Wade, and there's a few guys that you guys can make some. You might have a bad steer in a roping where normally back in the day, three when I say back in the day, like three, four years ago, you go be long on one and you're, you're kind of done. Well, you guys can go be five flat a couple times in a row and be right back in the roping. And so there's this really weird dynamic now where Clay Smith and Cody Snow and a couple of these guys have this really, really good jackpot run. And if they're entered two or three times, they're going six five, six flat. If they get a loper, they go be five. And so there's this like there's this tone of this roping that's set. But then you might be a second and a half behind them or Tyler Wade might be two seconds behind them than one steer everyone's caught up yep. and there's enough guys now that can do this that they now that one bad steer it's just like they just kind of get him down or that one bad start whatever it is and you guys can make up for a mistake and a run especially in like a four or five header mm-hmm. and it's made these jackpots around here where they are nothing nice yeah they're not they're not nice at all <laughs> but i think it's also really unique too because it's like it's like rodeo now it, the the scores long the steers are stronger you gotta it's not like an amateur rodeo it's like a pro rodeo in the northwest mm-hmm. or just basically west I guess is that you kind of get that same thing so it's like now you're getting reps that feel like rodeos sometimes too and it's it's just aggressive all it, the time it's always aggressive everywhere you go these days everything is is maxed out I feel like right. So going to, you know, we get a ton of questions on like the mental game and confidence and stuff like that. And, and, and you know, you, it's kind of unique to me cause you're a guy that's, you like to grind it out here, go to a ton of ropes. Uh, and so when you're going a lot, competing a lot, you almost get desensitized to it. Right. Yep. Are there times now where there's bigger moments that you get a little bit nervous or like, um, you know, obviously you guys rodeo this and 19 right mm-hmm. uh what did you guys finish you and levi finished in 19 uh, we were either 19th or 20th that year so a good solid you know you didn't get the winner under your belt really mm-hmm. uh but had did you have a very good winner uh that year you you guys roped i mean you started with rich didn't do very good and then no i'm thinking whenever we left to go to reno that year um for some reason, I want to think I had fourteen thousand one. Right. So I mean, you finish in with win forty forty to fifty thousand over the summer, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a nice summer. You guys feel pretty good about it again. Here you are, and then go and have a a good year, mm-hmm. you know. And really, what is the difference between probably the the next year and that last year is you caught a few of those other steers. You know, mm-hmm. there was a couple of like Cody and just a, a couple steers that. Well, you shouldn't want anything on that steer, Cody. Like, there's very few guys that could win anything on that steer, at Cody. You know, when, and that's what's so amazing about like your game. That's a lot of rodeos where you don't even get a chance because how strong the steers are and how fast the times are, and that's one of those steers. And what did you guys win over there? I think we might have won 
fifth over there, maybe. I mean, it was a good check. Yeah, probably four to like six. That, I think that one might have been the difference of us making it or not making it. Right. So you get a few of those steers caught. Then it's NFR time. And it's an odd year, anyways, you know, last year because they're canceling rodeos, tons of driving, like not a lot of money added it for the whole lineup of guys to mm-hmm. be there. So it's like this weird feeling, you know, they there's rodeos that don't pay very good like they used to, yeah. but they still have 60 and 70 teams. Yeah. So you you know, the rodeos were I think last year was probably the hardest uh year to ever make the finals. I I mean, at least from what I've seen or it, it's going to be one of the toughest years I've ever seen to make the finals just of because of how hard it was mm-hmm. with times and then very few rodeos and a lot of one headers. A lot of one headers. The two headers are just there was none. I mean, yeah. Spanish Fork was like one of the only ones all yeah. all summer long. So you're going to the finals, and it's a completely different setup. Which I think, what did they set the box at at the NFR this year? It was a sixteen foot sixteen foot box. How did you guys practice for the NFR this year? What was the plan there? Um. You know, we just, we're over at Jake's, we got pretty much stayed a 16 foot box. Um, And then just practicing, we had, we had uh, got us a few Mexicans. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, I tried to give them, you know, neck rope to point wherever. I figured the start would be less than point, but just practice giving them, you know, just a little extra because, you know, if you give them a little extra and you get over there and it's a little less, then it might even be a little easier. Right, but I did. I I did like being over there in Arlington in the the big arena. Um, oh, for me on that horse, it felt like in big arenas, it's a little easier for for both of us. Whereas if it would have been in that in the Thomas and Mack in that little arena, that's like just like being over there at Corpus the other day. That's one thing that I hadn't been working on is being that close to the steer, that fast, getting your swings off. You know, and all, just the time of the run, that kind of run. I would have had to work a lot harder at getting better at. Well, and the feel over there was, it looked odd to me because it was, they wrote big and brand cattle. They were big. And then I'd heard this and, and it, you could tell me, but you guys wrote through the steers and they're pretty fresh too, right? How, how fresh were the cattle that they brought over? So once it was dead fresh, we broke them in at Chad's. Um, I don't know how many weeks it was right there before the NFR, but it wasn't too, wasn't too far away. Um, right. And then like one of the sets, some of them we roped at Charlie Crawford's jackpot that fall. Um, some of them had a few runs on them and were sharp, like leaving sharp. Um, but then like the the fresh ones were big and and they were they were all there when we broke them in. I mean stout and. Yeah was the same way at the finals. That that was the third pin of steer, which was the fresh ones. So that what was so odd to me about the finals this year was going a big open arena, M brand steers. I mean none of it's a weird arena because the the left wall's kind of kind of odd. Mm-hmm. But it's a big arena really. And I'm thinking, okay, how are the guys gonna get ready for it this year? And then are they going to jackpot them just a touch more? You know, they're, are they going to, and I was going to say, yes, there was mm-hmm. going to be so much catching, 
But what ended up happening is, and it, this is just my perspective, but the steers hit fast. Heel, mm-hmm. Like they got, the headers were able to kind of still do the same deal rodeo, but they're big and strong. They, it felt like the, the, a lot of them kind of want to go off to the right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to kind of go right. And so the angle, like handling cattle, made it, made it tough on the healers. And yeah. there's a lot of guys that heal great that were missing and kind of struggling to get through. And what did what did it feel like for you for you know those first few rounds going into it? You know, I, I was uh, I wouldn't say I was very nervous on the first one, but I was I was pretty nervous. You know, don't be late um, and do your job. You know, don't don't miss this first one. And then I'm late, I get a bad go. I'm like, all right, at least go catch. So then I'm chasing him, and then get to a spot and I feel like I'm not catching up right at all I'm like at some point I gotta throw I'm about to run to the back end and then just catching that first one was like a big huge weight off your back you know and then drew a great steer the second round uh won something so like again you know big weight off I didn't want to be in round seven trying to win my first check yeah um but I mean it it was you're right the ring there was big being out in it i mean you it was it was big but then the like you say the left fence over there kind of had a sexton feel to it to where you know whenever you need to get a hold of those steers to bring them back to slow them down there wasn't a whole lot of room over there to do that well and that's what I, I thought like with your head and you were really comfortable with the wall and like pretty aware of it and there was there was a couple of rounds i can't remember what rounds but where that angle was going to be tough to try to come back up the wall and it just looked like how you headed steers set up and your guy he wanted to heal fast you know and aggressive anyways and it just it just kept working like is that well he levi too he don't he don't mind him going downstream a little bit down the arena he probably almost all prefers that um so that's what he how he grew up healing so um with that wall like that makes you have to go down the arena a little bit and uh unless the steer went left and you were just off over there which i got in a couple of times facing um but as long as i stayed straight just a little bit i could just head out pretty straight and he would uh i mean he would heal him fast and then him being able to do that instead of me having to get a hold of him and bring him back over there self to nothing over there you know if you wanted to do that there was nowhere to go. Right. Um, but with him, that not bothering him, it really helped us. Is that something you guys talked about after you'd run a couple? Like, hey, I might end up, or was that going into it? Was that the plan, or how did you guys communicate that? I mean, that's honestly, that's about our run. Um, the way, which I've been working on, trying to work on this a lot, is getting back up the arena more. I've kind of let, you know, especially jackpotting, but radio, and you, you hit them and, head out so fast they're throwing before you have to worry about pulling them more than just a couple jumps right and i've got to where i've been leaking down the arena a little bit too much so i've been trying to work on bringing them back up but like i said i mean that's kind of our run just me head them and head out and get ready to face so is that something let's talk about that that's it that's interesting to me uh when you're going adam rodeo how what is your Take me through how you try to move the steers out and how you try to, to handle them when you say that. Like, 
almost let him go down the arena a touch? Well, not so much as to where they're headed down the arena, but I mean, big old steers, most of the time what you're going around at the rodeos, if you just turn them off and halfway try to come up the arena just a little bit, they, they're going to take it. Um, you know, I just want to, whenever I'm, I'm heading, I kind of want to see their head and shoulders come around. And then, like I said, I, I don't do it as good as I want to do it. I, I need to come back up the arena more. Um, but especially at the rodeo, like if you just bring them back, just try to bring them back just a hair because they're going to be throwing in right. the first two jumps anyway. Um, but I just want to – what I have been doing is get them too straight. Like when you turn, get their head, and then let their bodies get straight. That's what I've been doing. Right. It's almost like if you're – as your head on, if you keep pressure on the head – and kind of keep the head bent. You let them, they like kind of get started and it almost feels like they go down the arena, but if you got their head, then everything kind of stays where the healer can ride, but the momentum mm-hmm. stays pretty quick, right? Exactly. And then, then you're never like using the steer as momentum against it. And the only time you have to do that is like if the wall's coming up or, but it, there's lines there because if you come up too much too strong you kind of kill them you yep. make them wash your healers will sometimes lose legs or they'll heal them and it'll be a bad finish or if you go the other way like too far down their steers feet will get real wide yep. they'll lose legs it's like hard on the hill horse hard to dally you know there's the finish sometimes isn't as good or or sometimes when they're real wide legged and they get them it just goes like a banjo like you just popped them right there but it's it's a riskier riskier type of run all right so you told me pretty nervous going into round one missed the barrier uh and kind of you know that's, that's odd that you have enough time to think through the run the the first nfr steer like i, I don't think that's normal <laughs> like i think most headers at the nfr first time are gonna be very nervous if there's going to be black spots in the run where they're mentally like you know so when you ride in the box do you focus on a process that's the same each time or what what are you thinking about to keep nerves out of the deal because obviously I don't feel like you're that I mean you're nervous probably warming up or Mm. saddling or something but do you feel like you're pretty locked in when you're Usually by then, like I had myself talked into a locked in position, like state of mind. Um, and for me, if it, if it ever gets too much, if I can just slow down, take some deep breaths, then I can, uh, you know, get it slowed down in my mind. But I, I was honestly a little surprised at how clear that first one was. Right. Mm. Well, and, and all week. And, and then on top of it, you got it set up right, you know, to win money in the second round. Like, just it it was almost like your guys' run instantly worked and it was a it was a pretty aggressive run too mm-hmm. so now it was like well we're in the average and we're still placing in go rounds too so when you say lock it in i, I want to know the details let's let's say take me through it you're riding in the box like do you have a set process that your mind goes to at that point uh it's more so leading up to that i would get i would say you know um I just want to 
picture, you know, before you go in there, what kind of run I want to make. Um, if I can get it, if I can get it to where I can see it in my mind a few times, I feel more comfortable. To whereas if I'm just going in blind, and I don't know what's what's exactly you know might could happen, my mind will throw at me, and you know, I get to think about what all could go wrong, and that's not what you want to think about. Right. Um, and then you know right there before you get in the box, I just wanted to be just at an even calm state of mind. Um, which some deep breaths always usually help me do that. But I felt like every time I backed in the box over there, I was, I was pretty talked into a level state. I, I think that's, it's really uh, like fun to, to hear because mentally it, it's so hard to perform consistently team roping. And to me, the only way I can describe it is there's this feel when you say like you're visualizing it mm-hmm. well there's a feel of the run I want to make and a lot of that means when I say feel like from the time I release my hand to how my rope starts if I can feel my horse and my swing feels open then I'm just reacting mm-hmm. throughout it exactly. and when it gets troublesome for me is when I get in the box my first move is I'm either out of position on my horse or exactly. I'm rock back or I score poor like mm-hmm. so I, I kind of have to have all of these things and it, it's weird because uh, I don't know what it's like for you but w- what's I'll tell you my I've missed eight or nine at the pro rodeos in a row uh, I think that's the most I've done but I've done it twice and the first time I by the sixth and seventh one you're like I'm changing everything. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and, and then all of a sudden, what I notice is nothing's comfortable, and my feel's gone, and it just opens up the floodgates, mm-hmm. and everything's going wrong. And I might be messing up a good steer because I was trying to do too much because of what I did at the last rodeo. What, uh, what's like the biggest amount of steers you've missed, or kind of the when you lose that confidence and you want to press or want to do good like have you had that happen in the last little bit oh yeah like i said this winter i went and was struggling all winter um and then you go in the summers and you're saying well i I try not to keep up with ones how many in a row i've missed that's not a that's not a good number for me to keep up with right um you know if you get to think for me if i get to think about that i'll get i'll get down and just like you you want to change everything right where that's not a healthy way to do it either. Not um, good. I, I can tell I, you. I've been there. I mean, I know exactly the state you're talking about, and it's not a good place. Um, you know, you just, for me, as I've come along working, I've been trying to think of, build on positive things, you know, and, and look in, like the mental aspect has always been um, like, uh, I, I don't know what to say right Like I've always it's been intrigued me right mental stuff and like uh just like some books and stuff that i've read you know they talk about michael jordan and kobe bryant being like the most comfortable people in the world you know and that's what they say you know the the best people at what they do or don't like in confidence well you know if you start thinking about all the ones you've missed that's gonna cut into your confidence a little bit yeah well, then, when you start focusing on what you're doing wrong as opposed to what you're doing right, now there's this huge gap because 
I think what a lot of people run into is they don't know if they're good enough. Mm -hmm. And so then they need to be able to self-evaluate and come back and be like, okay, I was weak here, but this was my strength. And, uh, and then just focus on that and like what you've, what you say you do, you know, you've been working on what, what you felt like you were weak at and Mm -hmm. making it into a strength. And that's how. I think that's how you build a game that's really hard to, to get beat. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I like to do, and I think uh, a lot of a lot of guys might have this. I, I don't know what. Is I have a run that I like that's it's a good enough run, and I like one coil on the way in, and I don't care what size of horns anything like it don't bother me. I like put a gun to my head if I got to make that run. I'm very confident at that run. Outside of that run, further back and things like that, I'm not as comfortable as that one particular run. But I think when I do struggle or something like that, like that's where you you know you try to get to or get back into this type of run, and and it it does help if especially like jackpotting. It's not mm-hmm. a very good rodeo run, but jackpotting, it's like okay, if I missed a couple, just go mm-hmm. through the motions, get that's them right. down, and and then you can start getting some feel for the steers and the arena and like. You know, I think it's a good way. I always try to start my days at the ropings off like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for you, you're aggressive, right? And how do, do you have a run like that that you're comfortable with or you just keep firing it? Well, I've been working on trying to catch more and take my foot off the gas a little bit. And uh, like, in, okay, so California. We went to California this year. First time I've been out there. The barriers are quite a bit longer. Um, you know, whereas if you catch more steers and get to the end, that's where you want to be. You know, you don't want to miss out there. So I was kind of in a zone to where, you know, I would catch just, Hey, get, let's go catch the cow. And I'm being a little too long. Like we catch the first two at red bluff. We missed the third one. No money. We don't make the short round. Go to Clovis, same way. Catch three, make the short round. We hadn't won any money. Missed the last one, then no money. So at Gaiman, I, I told myself, I'm like, hey, you're going to have to get some more aggression. You're going to have to back in there, be aggressive again. This is what works for you. You're going to have to, let's, let's press a little. Right. So, it, and ever since I've been back in that, hey, let's press mindset. It seems like it's been going better for me than whenever I was backed off and just, hey, let's go catch the cow. See what happens instead of like, hey, let's go win something. Yeah. And then that way, well, you've got a high enough percentage run that you can do that and catch multiple steers. Then it's, you know, you might have a good one in the first round and you can win money. Mm -hmm. But do you worry about things like, like, let's say, I mean, Clovis, for example, muleys, they're stronger than... I mean, how do you? What did Clovis feel like? I didn't, I didn't go. But Clovis felt like you were chasing one in the pasture, and you had given him way too far a head start. Yeah, like I, I watched the runs and Tyler Wade's short round run that they, they went it on. I'm like, that did not look fun at all. But it, I mean, they were, I don't know what nine or ten in the short round. It was borderline scary. I mean that I. I don't know if I've ever chased anything that far that fast. Right. It was like Cheyenne on the worst one every time. Oh, man. I mean, it was... I'm telling you, you could plan on leaving there and running 
a long ways because they, especially by the third round, the third run, they were, they were going so fast. Right. And then Guyman, it's, it's similar in the sense of roping muleys, fresh muleys at Guyman, fresh yeah. muleys at Clovis and being aggressive on them. And, and when you say that pressing, like kind of take me through Guyman the other day, what, what are those runs? I mean, what, what are the, what are your times? What are the runs like? Um, well, like, uh, you know, I just I wanted to to get a good start and not just be thinking, hey, if we if we outlast everybody and catch, we're gonna do good. I'm like, no, you know, let's let's be aggressive and let's get ahead. Um, and not so much as where you just take yourself out, but I I, I guess it was maybe the mentality of like, you know. I need to win something. So I got a pretty good start on the first one over there, and ours just trotted to the line, maybe a step to the left, and when he felt me coming, he took off. But I was to him fast enough to where I could put it on him before he right. he got taken off and uh, took it good. Levi held him fast, and then was well, just like that, you know, split the first round. Now you can, you know, go catch the second one. If you don't have a good one, you know, if you have a good one, let's go win something again. But you're in a spot to where you can back off maybe just a little bit and you're not chasing. Yeah. Is it, I think the jackpots feel the same way around here. Like if you're aggressive and you got a good one right off, you can kind of get to the front of those ropings. And I think a lot of guys do that now. And it's, it's, I think it's a solid strategy because as the roping progresses, you give yourself options because you might not draw good enough to win top three checks at this rodeo on the next two. But if you've won and then you catch the second one because he was bad and you get to the short round and you don't draw good again, you know, you still can go catch and make money yeah. and, and you can kind of turn a rodeo, which if you would have just safetyed up on the first one, you take away all that, the round money plus you're going to be long, you know, mm-hmm. and you, might have to press on the next couple like on a bad steer mm-hmm. i i think that's a solid plan for professional headers right i mean is that is that kind of what it feels like jackpot to you yeah i mean i think that's what one thing clay Tryon does so good is you know he's never like it seems like on the first first year of the day he is maxing the barrier out every time and gets ahead of the ribbon whereas like I have felt myself at the jackpots like, hey, here's the first one. Let's just, you know, do your job. Don't break the barrier. Let's get this first one knocked down. And that's almost like the worst mentality ever because you're like, hey, let's not not mess up instead of like, let's be aggressive. We know we can do this to where like if I put myself in that, the days that I've put myself in that aggressive mentality is the best days I've had at the jackpots. Right. Where, you know, when I say that, I say that lightly as in, like, you know, you're not backed in there throwing three calls on the first steer, but you get a good start and you're aggressive as to where you late, you go catch. Well, then you're behind, like you say, now, you, now you're kind of playing catch up and just hoping maybe it's an easier open that day. Right. You're saying aggressive to the point where it's it's a run that might be fast, but you still have control of the steer. Control, you still, yeah. yeah. You, you still, know. like, you're not past the line of... Like, controlled hey, aggression washing, yeah, a, yeah. yeah washing cattle out and making it hard on your guy but how great is clay trying though man i, keep, I mean 
I keep waiting for him to get old. Man, I mean, he uh, <laughs> he is so good at what he does. Who's your favorite header to watch around here? Who's the guy you pick up on the most? Man, I, there's so many guys that that I try to watch. You know, Driggers, he, he reaches so good. And then Clay Smith, obviously, those two. Clay Trine, um, Snow, he's great, too. You know, there's so many. And it's hard to name people like that because now I'm sitting here thinking, well, who would I leave off? Because you know you did. There's a ton of guys, like I said, that wrote so great. Uh, it's just weird to me, like, how many different styles they're out there. Like, all these guys are a little bit different. I mean, I think Clay Smith and Clay Trine are pretty similar. Like, there's differences in a few ways, like how they handle steers, how they mm-hmm. do things. But both of those guys score great. Both of those guys really can head on the way in. Turn a lot of steers. Turn tons of steers. It, it's just like they they can't like they their two coil shot doesn't look like a two coil shot like it's the horses move into it and there's just there's some special things that those guys do and it's just well just like those two guys there you know you we say we sit here and say they turn a lot of steers well Clay Tron was three six the other day to Angelo like he can still be three yeah uh, Clay Smith same way like it ain't just like those guys all they do is turn steers like. They turn them plenty fast enough to to win something in the rounds, and then they don't miss many either. You know that's like a like you say that's where you where a guy wants to be with his head and headed in that direction. There's no weakness in their game. No, like that's that's all there is. Is they don't go and look like they're trying to be three at a five head jackpot because they can be fives to six fives all day long doing it the other way. Mm-hmm. And then if they do draw that, they can just get after a couple of them, and and, and it's it's crazy to watch. I I I can't believe how good those two guys are. Are just so similar in how they approach it. Like I think Cody Snow does it pretty similar to them as well. But then you get like there's just so many different guys. Like Driggers, he doesn't quite run in as much. He's kind of he's kind of got that longer game. He's been he, he's kind of been working on his game lately. That last uh, the last year he's. He's been changed it quite a bit. He's been uh, getting to where he's running a little closer. Yeah, but don't think if he has to throw three coals, he can't do it. Oh, he's it's unbelievable yeah. how fast triggers can go. Um, all right, so going back to the the finals because this is is I mean it probably did you guys how many steers did you guys did you miss one steer out there? Levi missed one. So you had one no time. You turned all ten. Mm-hmm. Going into the last round, I mean, it's that run in particular. What what does that feel like, and what's the game plan on the last steer? Because at the finals, the average had opened up so much, and then you guys are in a kind of a weird spot where round money. Like, what's the situation like year end? Did you guys have a chance to win the world going in the last? Was it when was it about the last seventh, eighth, ninth round, or was it? Closer to the last couple rounds. When it you... was there towards the end where I knew he had a really good chance. Right. Um, you know, like I I tried to miss a few there at the finals and just fell on. Well, then after the ninth round, I, I figured out the nose and had to fish it off, and then we were long. So we dropped, we lost the spot in the average. We moved down to third. And uh, – I could kind of feel my horse was getting tight. Like I needed to go, I needed to go 
run some, score some. Hadn't hadn't done it all week. Like I just stayed up there in Arlington. It was going good. Didn't really want to go go swap anything. Was kind of just look, doing the finals thing, you know, just being up there. Was on a roll. Well, after round ten, I was, after round nine, I was pretty mad. Like I, I'm like I'm going, I'm going home. I'm going to practice. I'm going to score some. My horse needs to stand up a little more. Um, and they're like, don't do it. Don't, don't go change anything. I'm like, no, I'm going home. So I went around some steers that morning and I remember I knew something. I, I knew I was going to run that black steer. That was the one that Charlie was three on. That's the one that everybody wanted. Right. Knew I was going to run that steer. I just had that feeling all day. I'm like, hey, you know, you get that feeling where you're going to run the good one. I had the feeling. So, and it's funny, I had a, a friend of mine healing for me that uh, was the only, only person that would come heal for me. And uh, <clears throat> the steers were kind of easing off to the right. I was just sticking it on them. I was like, this is, this is the throw I'm going to have tonight. Just all set up. Well, sure enough, we get to the radio and I have that steer. And I, I'm like, hey, you just practice this all day. Your horse feels good, you're ready. So I back in there and I'm a little nervous. Like I, you, it's, you don't want to mess up because you want to win what you're going to win in the average. You know that's a, but then again if you you've got the steer you can win the round on too, and then, you know it. You don't ever you. I guess you know you don't get very many chances to win a gold buckle, and I, I knew Levi had a big chance that if we would have won, good in the round that. You know, it it might have went that way for him, and then. So, I was pretty nervous. Uh, whenever I whenever I turned it loose, I knew, oh no, I don't think I'm gonna catch. And it went on a slick half head, but same way, I need I need this to go on something, because I don't need to lose this third place in the average. Right. Well, it goes on a slick half head immediately, but when I turned it loose, I knew it was gonna it wasn't going on. Clean. clean. Yeah. So I was like, wait on it. Well, then I noticed it's on clean and I panicked. Rained my horse off with no dally. And then I still to the day, don't know how I didn't lose my road. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, had the fuzz at the end. Was looking, I remember looking down, holding my, holding my rope with both hands. And it was just like something said, hey, look up. And when I looked up and turned around, Levi's pulling a slack. And I just kicked around and lost my rope. After that, I was like, it was, you want to be bummed because it didn't go like you had hoped it would go. But then at the same time, the way it happened, it was so much relief that I didn't lose my rope. Yeah. You kind of like, it got by the situation, which running that steer where you know he's good. This is what's so crazy to me. It doesn't happen very often. It's, it's probably the hardest one to prepare for when the expectations are you're going to win top two or three in the round mm-hmm. I mean and you know it you've been practicing the run you kind of got this feeling like hey I'm gonna uh, like everything just going your way like I'm gonna draw you know draw good got by that one last night like so it's almost like do you feel like you can get ahead of yourself before you run that steer yeah I, I think that's to me that's where it's you almost get more nervous because the expectations are so high and now you're worried about the results as opposed to just the process of catching and like mm-hmm. what you do 
And it's really easy to go to that next thing because now you're at the finish line. Yep. And all you have to do is your your job. Yep. But you can see. It's see, such a weird. You're at the top I, of the mountain. I've you know? never <laughs> I've never run a steer with so much on the line as that one. It's so many different things, you know, like catch you win third and average or, you know, he's good enough. Hey, you can. You can win the round too. Well, if you win the round, then it could go your way to to win the year end. You know, there's so many different scenarios that could went that could have just happened on that one steer. Well, and two, wasn't it just right around that same time that they did they announce before the finals was over that it was going to pay normal? Mm-hmm. So then it was like you guys were open for what half the money going in is yep. what you thought. Yep. And then now, I, I think it was like round seven, right? That they mm-hmm. announced. It's actually paying the full amount, so now you've you're open for big dough. I mean, the, that average was the average pays fifty or sixty. Mm-hmm. So now it's like like sixty seven, I think. Yeah, I mean, almost seventy thousand to win the average. Uh, Payton had a pretty good lead. Yeah, uh, and Payton and Eric did. But All they had to do was catch. They were the only team that had caught. Yeah, nine at that point. Yep. So those guys had to just get him knocked down but yeah. second in the average could go your way or if they don't I don't remember if they wrote before you or not but there's there's so many variables like there's mm-hmm. probably more money than you've ever had in your bank account oh, yeah. is about to and you're about to double it by the average money you yeah. know and then your partner's got a chance at a world title you didn't really have a chance or was yours just like a real outside like it'd have to go like it was outside i I think maybe i had more of a chance than i thought i did right like a couple teams would have had to have missed Mm -hmm. to move you up in the average and you guys would have had to probably get top few in the round as well we would have had to been first or second the round first win the round and then one or two teams yes okay do you talk to your partner about the game plan going into that one before you know, we don't ever really talk about it, honestly. Uh, we just, I kind of always feel like I know what page he's on. He's aggressive. He, he's aggressive and yeah. he knows I'm going to do the best I can do if we have to go catch or not. Well, But anyway, before that steer, he texts me and he's like, hey, you know, we're going to win something in the average. If we miss it, it's not going to be as much. He's like, but he said, I think we got a chance. Like, if we win something, I think he's wanting to shake the yeah, dice. Yeah, he's like, yeah, like he's kind of shaking the tree a little bit. He's like, you want to, you know, we may not ever get this opportunity again. I'm like, hey, I mean, I feel you. Like, we can, uh, we can, uh, we can do this if we if we do it right. Well, which I totally agree with it. I mean, there's this weird deal roping. I've only I've not experienced it very much, but just a couple times in my life, where you get a chance to win a roping that is a very big roping, mm-hmm. or a world title. I've not got that, but like you don't get a lot. Even if it goes great, you make ten more times or fifteen more times, you get a chance to run that steer. It's really only ten to fifteen times. Not that many. Yeah. Not that many days that you get a chance to win. To be a world champion exactly and so if you lay up and take the money it it guarantee your average check you're always gonna wonder yeah and then you didn't have a lot to lose so then being aggressive and cutting it at him and and i i think that's i think that's what's so unique is then you guys do fall back on your run with all the chips are down 
you know, like, hey, we got a run that can win the world right here. And it's it makes him more comfortable. But on top of it, as you move forward, you know that's hey, when it when the money's down, we you know, we can yeah. deliver. And I do you feel like that's like what you got to like you can just keep building on that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that just like right there, um just like you say, you know, like all all of it's on the line. You don't get to run the steer off and like even though it didn't go the way I was planning on it going, I can sleep at night knowing I didn't just not even try. Right. Like I, I at least even though I didn't we we weren't as fast as we wanted to be or I messed up a little bit, I can know that hey, I at least tried. I wasn't too scared not to. And then like you say, I mean that's kind of our run anyway. When we back in there aggression's what I'm way better whenever I'm trying to be aggressive and, and he's the same way. Yeah, I mean well just the other day, his heel shot at the US finals in the short round. That was aggressive. I mean that was no yeah. hesitation, just in the moment. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to throw. Yeah, he didn't care. They they had plenty of time to win the roping yeah. at, at high call. Right there, high high teamer had to be like eight, long eight, long eight, and over there that building, long eight, you can almost circle them. Yeah. Like it's, you can use up quite a bit of time to be long eight. It feels terrible being long eight, and yeah. it's, I mean, he just teed off on one pretty good yeah. <laughs> in the short round, and, and and I think that's, in the moment, just just like you said, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, I, man, I I find it really interesting with. With your head, and do you think if uh, if you could trade it off, would there be any way you'd take more money? But going like, let's say you go safety up, place higher in the average, maybe a team or two goes out, but no way at a world title, or would you rather miss that steer, try to win the world, try to win the round? Hmm, man, I, you know, I, I think if you lay it out like that, I would probably still have to. I'd still have to try him on. I think so, too. You know, because you... What's a gold buckle worth? Well, I mean, it's worth whatever you want it to be. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's worth way more than money. Yeah. Money's going to come and go. You don't get many chances at a gold buckle. Right. I... Like I said, I've only experienced it a couple times. The one high teamer at the BFI and not winning the BFI, winning second bothers me today still but it bothers me weird because i i don't really think i could have done much different especially for that horse i ride but it, i would have liked to have laid down a run that wins the bfi or doesn't like, yeah. when i faced i knew it wasn't fast enough i didn't think it was that close but i like i'll wake i've woke up this spring in the middle of the night thinking about it and oh, anyway, yeah. That's weird. Like, it's one of the best in one-day wins I've ever had. Yeah. And it's the one I think about the most, like, with, like, it kind of hurts. Well, and I mean, I, I remember that run. It wasn't even like you messed up or anything. It was just... Yeah, I mean, steer was strong, but... It wasn't, wasn't really your day, you know? It right. wasn't like you didn't do your job. Yeah, and that that's what's weird. Is like, I didn't... But I also... I have another head horse that I ride quite a bit. If I got that steer... 
I think I probably go a little more aggressive. Mm. Like as he kind of steps and fades, I could just opened up and really reached mm. where that horse runs so fast no. that you can't, they can't let him run that hard and then just go two coils. Like yeah. you got to like help kind of show it to him and then he'll set the steers up, make them easy. And that's what I did. I played to my horse and I'd been doing that all day. Well, and that, if that's the field you're around all day too, you don't want to swap it right there. High callback, you know. No, never. I would never have swapped it, but it's no. just like a, it's just a weird feeling because you're like, whoa, no one remembers who went second at the BFI. Well, I don't even you're care sitting about there it, thinking, you know? <laughs> you know, all the what ifs coming to play yeah. now when you're thinking back and where you know it just. Yeah, it, it's just funny to me because I like you go to it. I've messed up a ton at the BFI. Mm-hmm. I messed up this year. I run through the bear on the very first one, and I haven't thought about it. Really sounds like I'm like, oh, I just made a mistake. But when you get a chance for the biggest wins, the ones that mean the most, and I think that's one thing, like moving forward with my heading, that I want to add to my game is I want to go, if I have to be three to win the world, I'm confident in that shot. Exactly. If I have to be seven, nine to win the BFI, I want to win the BFI. But I also think what a lot of us don't understand too is till we get in these moments is it's you can win the ropens and win the world from not the lead going into the last oh, yeah. one and yeah. you kind of take it away from them. And I think that's where it's like your guys' run. It's it's one of those that can do that. Like you can go get it on the gas pedal and, yeah. <laughs> and just put down a run that it don't matter what high call's gonna do or you know, other guys can do. So if it's like really, really tight. So I think that's as like as you build on your your foundation of who you are, what you can do, having those ones that kind of make you more gamey. But mm. when you do, or even for lower number guys, like a lot of guys, you gotta. I think you gotta decide early, like what kind of wins do you want? Do you want to go catch a lot of steers? Mm. Do you want to win eighth at the World Series finale? Well, they front unload those ropes. They don't pay very good to eighth place comparative to. Tenth, if you're tenth call, are you gonna try them on right there and try to move up to second? You know. Or, but then if you do that, uh, you know, if you want to try them on, move on to second, it has to be something you have to be able to live with too. If you miss, that's well, a, a deciding factor you have to uh, to carry. You know. Yeah, and that is the number one thing for me. I don't want to miss that steer. Like when I heal, I I missed one the other day in the thirteen. Uh, at the U.S. Finals, and it was the first steer I think I missed for big money, and I didn't feel as bad as I thought I was going to because it was a tough shot. But I was like, man, no, I, I, I usually try to catch. Like when me I'm healing, I'm going for the catch. Me and Junior were twentieth callback in the sixteen, me healing, and he's like, "You want to go fast or you want to catch?" I'm like, "Hey, I always want to go fast." Yeah. Hey, he gets a heel rope, gets a swing off in the box, and turns him out of the lane I haven't been healing like I mean I grew up healing but now I don't heal that often I got on Levi's horse that day I was like entered 16 with Levi Jr. had healed pretty good up to this point but when I see it go on I'm not in a good spot and I panicked just 20th callback you know you're thinking I knew if we caught fairly fast we'd win something yeah if I catch that steer we win the 16 from 20th callback right and now everybody's like, man, you know, just kind of giving me a heck about it. I'm like, hey, y'all didn't see the first three I had to heal. Yeah. Hey, like, the first one, Junior, 
he didn't do a good job. Ran, missed the barrier in the back end. You know, I, I had to get us to that point. But now, short round, you know, I missed for everybody. Well, and I think that's it. Like, but you got to make those decisions in the moment, or you got to know, like, my hey, my header's probably gonna go at this one. Am I firing it, or am I making sure I catch him and just win a check? Well, that was one of them decisions, like you say, like immediately as it's happening as soon as it's over i'm like i know i've made the worst decision ever i panicked when the head rip went, went on like just probably because I, I don't heal as much as i used to you know and i'm i'm uncomfortable when i, I totally get it i, I i'm a straight a healer i i was bs with lane ivy the other day and we were joking about kind of going to some amateurs around here and swapping ends and i'm like dude that that sounds fine to me hmm. I'm, we're, we're not doing this but i we we're joking about it. i was like it sounds fun to me if i'm heading for you yeah but as soon as you start turning them to be four flat and i have no idea where to ride or go i'm gonna be real upset fast like I'm, i do not it turns upsetting very fast yeah and it's a, it's just a situation you're really uncomfortable with at the beginning yes and, or at least for me i don't know where no, to ride I'm the same way but I think that that's, that's what's the, it's like almost like an art to roping or competing is you got to almost have in your soul, like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Like mm -hmm. if you're out there roping a lot of steers and you expect to get heel or head, a lot of steers for money when it's up, you've got to be able to sleep at night. Like you've got to understand and that's how I always look at it is if I can logically make sense of, hey, I cut my rope loose right here. It was smart or it was not. If it's not, I, I got to, I'm going to lose a lot of sleep. Like well, it's going to hurt. That's well, just like the healing the other day, you know, I really hate that I missed because, you know, it was about to win the roping. But at the same time, I wasn't roping my mental mental thing going into that run was hey I'm trying to win something I made the wrong decisions mid run but it wasn't like I was laid up trying to be safe right like I like I'm here trying to I'm not laying up well yeah and and those ropings too for people that don't know I mean it was like 200 team 16 roping mm -hmm. score was long arena's short steers are strong yeah I mean and then 20, like a long 21 might have been the cutoff. Or 22.1 was the cut. 22.1 was the cut. And high call, there might have been 119. Was, team, I think there 18. might have been 118. And then um, maybe a couple of 19s, and it was pretty tight. Yeah, so like you're basically saying you're within three seconds of top two calls, mm -hmm. which... And it's hard. It's a hard roping to go B7 in that building. Yeah, like, and he had just turned me one to B4. Yeah, and and so it's, I mean, it, you can move up a ton in those ropings. Yeah. So you're just getting to the short round, you got a chance. It doesn't matter what call you're at. Like, most ropings, if you, you need a decent chance. Yeah. But, well, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Uh, dude, I, I should, I think we should have started talking about healing. That's, that's my favorite thing no, to do. I don't, just, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of low on the healing after that one. I was, hey, I'm 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 pretty bitter on it too. I guess so. It's there's a lot of there's a lot of heartbreak back there. Yeah. The, the one thing about the healing is, you know how much money you could have won. Like oh, heading, I know. 
head and you're like, well, he hadn't healed him yet. Like I had threw in the correct spot, but healing. Yeah, you yeah. know what you're about to win. Yeah, you got a pretty good idea what what you won or lost right there. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. Keep. Uh, I appreciate it.